On today's Locked on Predators, one of Smashville's favorite citizens calls it a career. We'll take a look back at P.K. Subban's best moments as a Nashville Predator. Plus, a big day for the current Preds. Training camp opens up today. We'll have lots of coverage on that throughout the next week or so. But today, we'll start you off with the one thing each of us are most excited about seeing at this year's training camp. That's coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor on thefourcheck.com. And I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Well, Ann, uh, wish we could start off with better stuff, but instead, I feel like we would be remiss if we did not pay a toast to our dear friend. Mr. Purnell Carl oh. Subban. Cheers. Cheers to a great career for number 76. That's right. Really good thing I work from home. Yeah. I did not want to be taking shots of fireball and driving to an office. <laughs> um, yeah. So PK Subban, of course, the big news, calling it a career oh. very suddenly at, at only the age of 33 years old, but seems like he should be a lot older than that just because of how long uh, he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, put he put the news out on Instagram yesterday. Didn't really give a big reason why, but a very, very sweet uh, emotional post. Shout out the um, everybody in the Nashville Predators organization, of course, as well as the Canadians and Devils as well. Um, yeah, and... Um, Maybe maybe a pretty good case of somebody whose injuries cut down their prime a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. I think PK Subban, his uh, I think his mind and his spunk and his spirit have a lot more hockey left in him. But I agree with you. I think maybe it's just not worth it for you know physically for him to continue. But it is heartbreaking. It is hard. Like this was a tough one for me. Um, because here's what's real. This is what's real, friends. And I know a lot of people have big feelings about P.K. Subban on ice and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. P.K. Subban makes the NHL better. Just mm-hmm. point blank, that's the truth. He makes the NHL better. And so it's, you know, it's a loss as far as on ice, you're not going to get to see him play anymore and, you know, that kind of thing. But just the league is not as good this morning because PK Subban's not in it. And it just, I'm telling you, I, I feel, I feel a little overclumped about this. It's a tough one. Yeah. You know, it's, we're in an era where it's like hockey players are trained almost not to Mm. have personality or at least show it in post-game interviews and stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, pucks in deep and you know, we just, just got to do one period of time and entering (laughs) this game zero, zero. And, yeah. you know, it's That's just so good. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it, it they're fun to watch in the ice, but it feels like some of that just, you know, takes away, you know, the personality and you mm-hmm. feel like you don't really get to know a player. And 
mind. You know, you think it's like PK Subban almost was like the last of that era where it was like all these like players that were had larger than life personalities, but could also bring it on the ice. You know, you think back to like the days of Brett Hall and Brendan mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and all in Paul Korea and all these kind of guys that it's like, you know, they had, yeah, they were like good in the ice, but you know, you, you get them in interviews and there's just so much color and so much yes. light. And it's just like such a, and, you know, vibrant people like PK Subban just aren't in the league a bunch anymore. Um, and it's, it's, it's sad really because mm-hmm. PK Subban was a fun player, like a oh, fun gosh. Player. just watching him in the ice, like the skill he played with the physicality he played with, he was great in the ice, but you know, it just, he always, it was like one of those players that whenever he was on the ice, whether he was on defense, whether mm-hmm. he was offense or transition, pushing the play, it was just like, whenever he was on the ice, he was the guy out of the 12 players in the ice whose eyes you watch the entire yes. like he was like yes. the one person whose shift you would just watch like you would just mm-hmm. watch him um you would just watch what he does where he goes because you knew it's like when he gets the puck it's like the little bit of hmm? like the little bit of a like yes up a little bit fans kind of lean forward in their seats a little bit and there's just i mean th- there's players that are kind of like that but, you know, it's I'm struggling to find, like, the best way to put this, but there, there's players that are like that, but not in the way, like, P.K. Subban was. Yes. Yeah, I was having a conversation yesterday about this exact same thing, talking about um, just in general how, like you said, hockey players, when the media engages with them, when the public engages with them, you know, they are not – there's something about the culture of hockey that kind of um, – encourages them to be very reserved and to be very um, just kind of, I mean, I don't want to say boring, but very, you know, just kind of, they stay in a very narrow lane in hockey. Hockey is a very narrow lane. And of course, some of that is because a lot of the players in the NHL, English is a second language, totally understand that they may not be as comfortable, but there are some players where you're just like show me a little bit of who you are and pk suban you never had to ask that um and i loved that about him because he was so interesting he makes hockey interesting you know people who were not into the sport of hockey people who had that old perception of hockey's just a bunch of guys with no teeth punching each other on the ice and sometimes scoring goals P.K. Subban could break through any of that sort of stereotypical junk that keeps people from this sport because that man is just so engaging on and off the ice. And I agree with you. When P.K. Subban was on the ice, you literally were like, oh, what's going to happen? Because you just you never knew. And he didn't. The other thing I love about him is he never took himself or the sport too seriously. Yeah. Like there are sometimes you look at some athletes and, you know, I can think of one in the NFL right off the top of my head who I, I'm like, wow, your worldview might not be dead on. Like you may be excellent at this little, you know, this, this one area in your life, this sport, but you don't get how big life is and how sport fits into a bigger picture. And PK never lost sight of where 
sports fits into the bigger picture in his life or just kind of in the world. And so he just had this refreshing off-ice personality, engaging, but he also just had this really great perspective where he didn't take everything so seriously and he didn't he just didn't over invest in kind of the wrong things being a professional athlete. So I'm telling you, I just, honestly, I feel weepy. I feel weepy. Yeah, please don't cry. I'm uh, going to try really hard. Not to. I, I don't know how I handle that from the other side of this double box. Yeah. It's not going to, it wouldn't be pretty. It no, would, just here, keep talking. Here, here's fireball. Um, But no, to, to your credit, like, that's is what PK Subban is. And we can point to, you know, all the stuff he did with the children's hospitals, both here and in um, Montreal. You can mm-hmm. talk to, you know, talk about the program he did with the Metro Nashville PD here. Yes. Um, you know, trying to pair, you know, lower income families, especially families of color with, you know, Metro police officers to try to, you know, start that conversation. And it just seemed like he was a guy who always used his status as an athlete to, you know, give back to the community, to try to better the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't understand why a lot of people didn't necessarily like that. You know, I think, I think the vast majority of people did, but there's always a vocal yes. you know, minority that was also like, well, you know, hey, he should stop putting out these YouTube videos and stop focusing on his brand. And right. Focus, focus on, on hockey. Win, yeah. Win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, it's really sad. Really sad that his last game at Bridgestone Arena, um, a lot of people were booing whenever he touched the puck. Oh, I can't even. Can't even. One of the dumbest, absolute dumbest moments in Bridgestone Arena history. And I'll stand by that. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he was somebody that always used his platform to try to elevate the community that he was playing. And that was a very big thing for him. And, you know, there, there's certainly a lot of hockey players that, that do that, you know, that have their own foundation and stuff like that. True. But it's just, you know, very rare that you see a person, not just an athlete, but a person um, who is able to kind of, you know, do things, you know, his purpose for playing kind of transcends his own personal interests. Yeah. Uh, that's refreshing, and that's why PK Subban is always going to be one of my absolute favorite players. Come on, more more on PK Subban in, in just a little bit, uh, including some of our favorite moments of his as a Nashville Predator. We also have training camp to talk about. Preds training camp opens today. We'll give you a couple of things we want to watch out for. But first, want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and all of the sports info this season you can find all the latest league developments game matchups news and podcasts from the nfl and college football including this weekend's slate of games and it's also your continued source for your sports wagering information live betting esports scores lines props odds all that good stuff they just put out a bunch of new futures for the nhl season so if you want to Get ahead of that a little bit and put some money down. Maybe who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Maybe are the Predators going to win the Central Division? Who knows? Put some money on it. 
Uh, BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports scores and events, everything from MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, soccer, whatever. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and favorite PK Subban moment? Uh, Him as as a Nashville Predator. So there are so many. And again, I should not have gone down the rabbit hole because just I'm not I'm not kidding like this made me weepy yesterday. Hands down favorite moment. And and this is this this is personal to me as someone who grew up in Pennsylvania, as somebody who suffered living in Pittsburgh with Penguins fans, as somebody who has big feelings about Stan, uh, about Sidney Crosby. When he did the whole spiel during the Stanley cup finals about, uh, about Sidney Crosby saying something to PK Subban about having bad breath. And he just took it and rent and, and, and went with it. A bag of, uh, what was it? Mouthwash. And yeah. Tumor. He had a thing of Listerine. Yes. Yes, I mean, and here's what's so great. So it delighted me because anything that, and it's just, it's just where my heart is, people. Like, it's just where it is. Like, it may be evil, but anything that trolls, anyone who trolls Sidney Crosby is a little bit somebody I like. Um, and what he did there was so hilarious. And also so effective. So I was looking at some interviews yesterday when all this happened with PK. And I I pulled up an interview that Sidney Crosby did later on. And somebody asked him about the whole thing with PK Subban and the bad breath. And Sidney Crosby was still irritated about it. (laughs) And they're just, that is delightful. Like he was talking about the fact that I didn't say that. I never said anything like that. And I was a little bit irritated with him, not necessarily because of it, but because I knew that he had made it enough of a story that the media was going to ask me about it. And I don't want to talk about that when I'm trying to prepare for the Stanley Cup finals. And I'm like, PK Subban, you are funny, A, and B, a little bit brilliant. He ruins Sidney Crosby. (laughs) And Sidney Crosby looked so... It was just such an awkward position to put Sidney Crosby in because, like, the media asked him about it and he looked irritated and he looked, no, it's it. Oh, PK Subban. Well, he had a right to be irritated too because Subban owned him that series. Owned like, him. Like, Sidney Crosby did not have a good Stanley Cup final. Like, that is something that's kind of buried in the story of that year. Yes. Like, Crosby got bailed out by Malkin, Carl mm-hmm. Hagelin, Nick Benino, a lot of the depth players on Pittsburgh. Like, mm-hmm. Cros- like Subban owned Crosby. And I remember it was like game five where it was just Crosby just snapped and like there we had the water bottle thrown at the Yes. Rack. Crosby Punk. shoving his Subban's head into the ice. And- Never will forgive him. Yeah, and well, he should have been suspended or should Dead have been penalized, me. but it's Sidney Crosby, yeah. so that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, Dead like Crosby me. got owned by Subban, like and Eckholm too. Like let's not forget oh, Matthias yeah. Eckholm's role in that. But yeah, oh, they like he, like PK Subban lost the Stanley Cup Finals, but he won that battle with Sidney Crosby. Yes, 
he did. Um, so yeah, that was amazing. What about you? What's your favorite PK memory in Nashville? You know, I, I hate to be cliche, mm -hmm. but you know, I go back to his first game as a Nashville Predator. Yes, and that was against the Chicago Blackhawks, and you know, that was like remember when I said like everybody whenever he touches the puck always mm -hmm. kind of has there's that little extra electricity there's everybody kind of gets on the edge of the seat and you can feel that for like the entire first period and everybody's like oh it's gonna come like here it goes and you know he he gets that puck on the the, the power play and you know you could tell like the preds were trying to get him the puck and so mm -hmm. like all the fans were just like looking at a reason to, to you know, celebrate. He winds up, fires that puck past Corey Crawford. That place goes nuts. One, and we've just talked about some great moments in Nashville Predators history at Bridgetown Arena. One of the loudest moments I think I've ever experienced at Bridgestone was mm -hmm. that goal. The first goal of the season. Like Predators fans were looking for like a reason to just go wild and celebrate PK. Yep. That was that moment, like that mm -hmm. moment right there. And of course the celebration does the, uh, the oh. does the one knee and the archer blow from uh, yeah. you know, half ice turns around and gets the celebration. It's just like that whole thing was like fantastic. Yeah. Also his intro video to the team. Uh, him wandering around Lower Broadway performing at the <laughs> yes. and I'm maybe the biggest like like hitch in my giddy up to take your term, Anne. Mm -hmm. We never got a PK Subban Matt Duchesne country music duo. Can you imagine how incredible? Like I would pay so much money for that ticket. Oh, number one ticket in town. 100%. Like, eat your heart out, Luke Combs. Everybody's over at the Duchesne Subban concert. Yeah, the Duchesne Subban line. Oh, come on. Would that not be amazing? Yeah. yeah. And you know what's so incredible? You're talking when you're talking about like PK's first goal and just the way Bridgestone erupted is that he really came here at such a high cost to the fan base. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for the fans to be that excited and invested in him after, you know, it cost them Shea Weber, Yeah, you know, you know, for PK to be able to come in and win over a, a fan base that lost somebody as beloved as Weber to get PK Subban just tells you how he is a special, special player. He is a, a special person. Like, Come on, who does not love him? I uh, I saw a video yesterday. Again, deep dive into PK Subban, y'all. It is it's beautiful and emotional. Um, he did a tour around Nashville of um, eating different foods. You know, went to Loveless Cafe and had the biscuits and stuff. Well, he went to Hattie B's and had hot chicken. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna be fine. And he tried the shut the cluck up chicken, and. <laughs> He ended up having to like take his sweater off and go outside. And he's like, just stop recording. Just stop recording because he just could not handle it. It was, it was just, he was always up for an adventure like that. Always up for an adventure like that around Nashville. Like he was so invested in the community and I just think he should move back here. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's gonna be on TV soon. I can't wait. Yeah, he, he's definitely he is ESPN or Turner, one of those major networks. Uh, they they've got to have him. A hundred percent. Yeah. So he may be on TV and heck, Nick, wouldn't it be amazing if he was on TV and he was talking about how amazing the Nashville Predators were next season? Like, can you imagine how great that moment would be? We're going to talk about what we are hoping to see at training camp that will lead PK Subban to on air talk about how amazing this group is in Nashville this season. Uh, But first want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen every day. Like Nick said, we are going to be covering training camp opens today on ice starting tomorrow. So we're going to bring you all of the news from Centennial Sportsplex and from the team on what they're seeing, what they're hoping for this this uh, upcoming season. If you still want to know more, more about what's going on with all the other teams in the NHL, make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. Locked On experts from across the league give you a daily 30-minute podcast on everything NHL, and they do it all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Check out Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. All right, and so big moment for the Nashville Predators today. Training camp. Yes. Is here. Uh, we finally get to see the big Preds back on the ice. We've been talking yes. about the Preds uh, for the past week or so during the rookie showcase. But here we go. Like the actual NHL Preds on the ice. They have media day today. Uh, they'll be hitting the ice later this mm-hmm. week. First preseason game coming up on Monday. Hockey's back, and. Yay! Lucky is back. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. So, um, obviously, there, there's a lot of intriguing mm-hmm. storylines uh, heading into camp this year. And don't you worry. We have shows five days a week. So, we'll be diving into each one a little bit more. That's right. But what's the one thing? Like, what is, do you think, is the one encompassing storyline that you're going to be watching in training camp? Yeah, it, you know what? We were talking about this episode ahead of, obviously, ahead of recording, and I was like, wow, I have to come up with one, one storyline because there really are so many little subplots happening with the Nashville Predators this offseason and going into the season and kind of the questions. Um, if I'm looking for something very specific, probably the biggest storyline that I'm going to be keeping my eye on is who is going to make it into the top six and play on that second line? Mm-hmm. Like who, what, what are they going to do there? Like they have, you know, need a rider, but you know, there are so many questions about it. Like has Phil Tomasino done enough? And is he ready to play that many minutes? Is he ready to kind of elevate his game to hop up to maybe that second line? You know, is there anything Ellie Tolvanen can do? Is there any gift he could give to John Hines to get back in his good graces after last season? You know, yes. Like, is there a, a, a fruit basket big enough? for John Hines to give Ellie Tolvanen another chance with top six minutes, you know, heaven forbid, but what if they decide to break up the herd line and you put Tanner Janot on a line with Nino Niederreiter and Ryan Johansson, you have like the line of mass destruction. Like what, what are they going to do? Every one of those moves has really interesting implications somewhere else. And so for me, I'm like, what you going to do there, John Hines? I cannot wait to find out what they do with the second line. 
Yeah, there's there's got to be a ripple effect uh, one way or another. Mm-hmm. You, I would say the only line you can't really touch is that first line. Right. Oh, come on. You, Why would you, you do that? Yeah. That at this point. They're but the hocus bring... pocus of hockey. Like, you just don't mess with that. Yeah. That, But that's kind of my thing to watch. My big thing to watch during training camp, Anne, is those three. Mm. Mikhail Granlund, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg. How can – taking another – okay, let's <laughs> – Okay. Oh, you talked about three of my faves, so we're just going to drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, glad I do not have to drive anywhere today. Um, me neither. But that's, to me, ooh, that hit hard. That, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we only have a few minutes left in this. Yeah, um, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. To me, you know, going back to the first line, that is going to determine the success of the yes. National Predators this year is can that three, we know they came out with record performances last year. Well, at least you, Shane and Forsberg did. Mm-hmm. Granlin had a very, very good year. Um, near record-setting assists. In fact, yep. it would have broken the record had it not been for Roman Yossi getting 76 or whatever it wound up being. Right. Um, but those three need to play at the same level they played at last year. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people are saying it's, well, you know, Maybe if that second line steps up, it won't put as much of a burden, you know, on that top line. And that is definitely true. But if the Predators want to start being an elite team, if they want to be like that team that's up there, you know, pushing the avalanche a little bit, um, then they need to have a first line that is capable of multiple people scoring 80 plus points a year. And ideally, now that Forsberg's got that big year, you want to see him step up even further. Like you want to yes. see him maybe flirt with 90 or hundred and Hey, remember that his scoring rates, he missed a bunch of time last yeah. year due to injury. He could have been a 90 point player last year. You know, do you maybe see him flirt with a hundred points or maybe you see him flirt with 50 goals this mm-hmm. year, you know, that Forsberg's key because you need him to take the next step because he's the guy you're paying. He's also the youngest of that group. So um, he's the one that's kind of more like just starting his prime right now, you know, for, for Duchesne and Granlund, you know, you just kind of want to see them play at that same level they did last yes. year. You want them to stay healthy. You don't want to see them take a major step back. And so, you know, that, that's why I said, I think it's imperative that you keep those three together on a line so they can continue that chemistry and they're not, you know, wasting a few weeks of the season trying to figure out like, Oh, Nita riders, you know, I've been cast with getting him going. How does he, yes. um, you know, let, let Ryan Johansson, you know, kind of be the mm-hmm. guy that figures that out. Um, yep. You need that three, that trio to play as well, if not better than they did last year for the Preds to even be, I think in the conversation of being a contender this year. So that's what I'm watching for these first little bit. Like, how are they together? Are they even together? Like, is that the line Gosh. that Hines is going to go with, or is he going to look at spreading the wealth a little bit? I want to see early chemistry from them. I want to see it look like they're adults playing against peewee kids when they're on the ice and some of these scrimmages, mm-hmm. um, I want to see them go out, you know, I'd assume they're probably going to play like 10 minutes or so in each preseason game. I want to see that be the best 10 minutes of Nashville Predators hockey. That to me 
is the storyline that is going to determine most, if not all, of the Predators' success in the NHL this year. I love that thought. It's a lot of pressure. Like it was funny. I was thinking about this the other day and it's, you know, it's one thing to have these amazing record setting years that Forsberg and Duchesne had. And again, Mikhail Granlin, such a key to their success as well, but to go ahead and repeat it, like you have to do the work. Like you don't get to that level by just coasting on your talent. And you know, we've talked about this before. Matt Duchesne was a man possessed at last season's training camp. I mean, from the second that man skates hit the ice, it was like, okay, like somebody, somebody's in a different place, you know? So I think it'll be interesting to watch them not only together, but just to watch them individually. Like what part of your game are you going to elevate? Like you're playing at such a high level. What part of your game are you going to take to the next level? And, you know, that's not an easy task when you've come off of this career year but I agree with you. If the Predators are going to be successful, that trio have to be as good or better than they were last season. It's a big ask, but, you know, they did it once. Let's see if they can do it again. So, yeah, I think they're going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to seeing what they can do. Yeah. Uh, with this year. And again, as we mentioned, there are a lot of subplots in camp. There are. Some of which, you know, we, we talked about our biggest ones, but there's a lot of other ones that may determine the direction the Preds go in this year. Um, obviously, we didn't get to all of them today, but fear not. Uh, as we are back to five shows a week, we'll be five shows a week from here until the rest of the NHL season. We've got you covered. We oh, yeah. will break down all of the camp storylines in depth. We'll talk about some things we like, things we didn't like. That is all coming up. Uh, for the next couple of weeks here on the Locked On Predators podcast. And of course, we will be counting down till the start of the NHL regular season with plenty of great content. Until though, though, until then, though, though, fireball. Then, yeah, fireball, fireball. Um, <laughs> hey, Anne, where can the people find your work? <laughs> you can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. You'll be the first to know when we have new shows out. And also leave a comment. Let us know what you're looking forward to uh, at Preds Camp this year or give us your best PK Subban moment. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with a new episode. We'll see you then.